Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. In the words of the great Canadian Prime Minister John Diefenbaker, I am a Canadian, a free Canadian, free to speak without fear, free to worship God in my own way, free to stand for what I think right, free to oppose what I believe wrong, free to choose those who shall govern my country, this heritage of freedom I pledge to uphold for myself and all of mankind. Merci beaucoup. Thank you very much. That was a very jubilant Pierre Polyev speaking last night, hitting on what has been one of the major themes of his campaign, that of freedom. Pierre Polyev romping to victory in the conservative leadership race, uh, launching a new era in Canadian politics. But what does this era look like? Pierre Polyev has uh, achieved one step toward his path to hopefully, in his mind, becoming the next prime minister of this country. Is that where this story takes us? Obviously, that story is not yet written. uh, And whoever is going to emerge out of the next election as the next prime minister, it is going to be one hell of a struggle. And in the end, last night, it wasn't even close. Pierre Polyev on the first ballot almost uh, 70% of the vote. Joining us to talk about how things unfolded last night, what it means for Pierre Polyev, what it means for the Conservative Party, and what it means for politics in Canada. We begin today with David Aiken, Chief Political Correspondent for Global News, who was covering the Conservative event last night. David, good to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Yeah, great to be here. I mean, this was a resounding victory in every sense, David. But first of all, put it into perspective. Uh, you know, Pierre Polyev, the scope of this victory was just incredible. Yeah, and this is Pierre Polyev's Conservative Party. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. It wasn't even close to being close. Um, Let me just run through the numbers so everybody gets a sense of how dominant this win was. Pierre Polyev won 70% of the popular vote. Stephen Harper back in 04, he won 68% of the popular vote. Now, as you know, popular vote doesn't count in a conservative leadership race because they do a point system. Each riding has 100 points. There's 338 ridings. And that's so that any leader has to show some strength in every region. Did Polyev do that? Oh, yeah. He won 68% of the available points. Stephen Harper, 2004, only won 54% of the available points. In 338 ridings, Polyev won every single one but eight of them. He won every riding west of downtown Toronto. I mean, it was dominant. Red Tories voted for him. The Libertarian Tories voted for him. Western Conservatives, uh, Free Market Conservatives, Social Conservatives, every faction of the party voted for Polyev. And remember, we have unbelievable record turnout. 420,000 people voted in this thing. It's just dominant from start to finish. And because he won on the first ballot, which means he didn't need the help of the supporters of any other candidates. Jean Charest finished second well back. So he doesn't owe anybody anything. This is Pierre Polyev's party. That said, as one conservative told me last night, I was at the convention, said, we have doubled down on his style of politics. We are all in on Polyev's style of politics. We can talk more about that style. And as this person said to me, said, if we don't win a majority, and we're in the political wilderness for 20 years, because we are all in with Pierre Polyev and and the the style he is now bringing to our Canadian political discourse. Yeah, it, it's a big bet. It could pay off in a big way for sure. But, yep. you know, there, there are also ways it could backfire. Uh, certainly the, the speech we heard. I mean, you know, there's the style and there's the themes. We heard the themes last night. Maybe the style was toned down a bit. What, what do we expect going forward on, on both points? Yeah, Polyev. Remember, Polyev, people thought he should have run back uh, a couple of years ago against O'Toole. And 
he didn't. His, he was just starting a young family. He's got a couple of young kids. Um, but he picked this time, and he seems to be the man of the moment. He seemed definitely to harness a lot of the anger and frustration that many Canadians felt when their lives were disrupted by the pandemic. And that took the form during his campaign of, you know, uh, well, before the campaign started, he was the, the leadership candidate most closely associated with the Freedom Convoy. And his campaign leaders, we had his campaign manager and senior advisor, Jenny Byrne, talking to our colleague Mercedes Stevenson last night. And Mercedes brought this up saying, you know, some of these convoy folks are facing criminal charges and your guy was, was down with them. And what do you say about that? And, and the campaign's point and Paul Yev's point and Jenny Byrne's point is that they may not have endorsed the specific tactics of the convoy, but they believe that many Canadians, at the very least, understood the frustrations that gave birth to the Freedom Convoy, they, that, that people couldn't travel, people couldn't work. And so it's not a bug. It's going to be a bug in the eyes of some voters, but it's a feature uh, being associated with uh, the convoy. And certainly last night, uh, you know, that's one of the things we heard right away from the Liberals. They're going to use that association Polyev had with the convoy to say, this guy's a rogue. He just wants to tear things down. Uh, of course, you remember Polyev has said he wants to fire the governor of the Bank of Canada, right. wants to defund the CDC, doesn't believe in the scientists who recommend public health restrictions, universities who insist on mass mandates, they're for the birds. Um, all these things are polarizing in the sense that people have strong feelings one way or the other. And so, you know, the big bet you mentioned, yeah, he, he, the party has made a big bet that Poiliev's view on these is the mainstream Canadian view. We'll see. I think there's a, a you know, political pundits say there's, a, you know, suburban moms may not be so convoy happy. They're an important voter block. Um, it's going to be interesting to see now how Polyev takes his message beyond a partisan base, which was clearly excited about him, and tries now to appeal to what we call persuadable voters who are, you know, the, the ones you need to win an election. Right. Now, the thinking typically has been that, that you know, conservative leaders pivot, uh, but, you know, too much of a pivot, maybe like uh, Aaron O'Toole can, can hurt you. But as you say, maybe not this guy. No. And Aaron O'Toole's pivot, I, I don't know, you could argue it wasn't so much the pivot. It's that he didn't seem to be true to himself either during the leadership race or as leader. Personally, having watched O'Toole around Parliament Hill, I think he was more true to himself as a leader, and he had turned himself into some sort of cartoon, if you will, during the leadership, and people voted for that. Polyev is not going to pivot because what you see is what you get. He has been the politician that he was on the campaign trail, was a politician we have seen here in Ottawa, anybody who's watched him since he was elected at the age of, what, 22 or something like that. He's 43 years old right now. He's the youngest leader. He's younger than Jagmeet Singh. He's younger than... Uh, Justin Trudeau. Um, what you see is what you get. There's not going to be a pivot. Um, there is going to be, um, as, as the campaign did do this, I think, better than the government's been doing this, an intense and laser-like focus on pocketbook issues. There's just no doubt about it. When you look at any polls that say, uh, you know, what should government be most concerned about? Cost of living, inflation. That is, that is just top the list everywhere. And it's a very difficult problem to solve. You just can't, it's, it's the one problem you cannot throw money at because that causes the problem, of course. And politicians are very much tempted to do that, to say, oh, people are struggling with inflation. We'll give them more money, which is inflationary. So what will Polyev do about that? So far, all he says he will do is fire the Bank of Canada governor as essentially punishment for getting us here. But that doesn't actually help the problem of inflation. It might make people feel good. And 
you know, to be honest, if you a G7 country that fired its central bank governor would probably do more harm to its own economy than anything else. So what will Paulie have to do about that? Um, we don't know yet. He's going to have, now have to now that he's got people angry and, you know, it's and they were chanting freedom, freedom, freedom in the conference center last night after he won. That's great. But it's for those persuadable voters who believe that Canada is, in fact, a free country and does have a free press and our elections are fair and transparent, whatever. And of course, they all are. Um, what's what do you do for sort of act two to get those persuadable voters who are not conservatives, but are ready to look at a conservative leader who may have a reasonable plan? And again, I mentioned Stephen Harper at the beginning, because that seemed to me still is the template for victory for the conservative party in Canada is to be conservative. No question about that. But to be able to appeal to people um, who live in suburban Toronto, suburban Calgary, live in the regions in uh, in Quebec. Those are also very important. Well, and let me just ask you this statement. I mean, much like Stephen Harper did with previous liberal leaders, uh, you know, the, the liberals aren't going to give Pierre Polyev any kind of a, a honeymoon period here. But what's your sense of how, how concerned they are by this new threat and, and how they're going to respond? So liberals, uh, so, there have been a lot of liberals who've been saying for months, guys, wake up, watch this Polyev juggernaut. I mean, we just, when you saw the crowd sizes, that Polyev was getting, not just in, you know, the quote, conservative heartland in Calgary or Edmonton. I mean, he was drawing in a thousand supporters in Peterborough, Ontario, in, you know, in Windsor, Ontario, NDP ter- territory. So there are liberals that I talk to that go, you know, hello, fellas, Team Red, we need to have a plan here. Um, so we'll see. Um, the the thing right now they will do is, is try to paint him as a convoy reactionary. I'm not sure if they get along that far. Probably the best thing the government can do is, do something about inflation. Do something about the issues that have propelled Polyev to this point. And again, there's, it's not an easy fix. And to do that also means probably the government has at the very uh, – the government can't control its own destiny in terms of an election. So if the Trudeau liberals probably want to do something about inflation, cost of living, they'll need some runway. They'll need some time. There's not going to be a fall election. The Trudeau Liberals have struck that deal with Jagmeet Singh's NDP to give themselves some political stability here in Ottawa until uh, 2024. Um, and if if that deal holds, and so far it looks like it is holding, that again gives the Trudeau Liberals some time to to do things. But it also gives Polyev time to do some important work he's got to do, fixing some what I'll call plumbing at Conservative Party headquarters. The Conservative Party's computer system that manages its voter contact and get out the vote database. It is three elections old, and I talked to so many campaign managers for conservatives. It is letting them down, and the liberal version of their computer system is it's it's the top of class, and it is a huge advantage in an election campaign for the for the liberals because we see them. Their vote, it, the liberal vote, now is so much more efficient. They win the close races. Yeah. Conservatives, particularly in BC, losing close races. That, believe it or not, is their software. So they need to overhaul fundraising software. Campaign software, Polyev knows that it's going to take millions of dollars. The conservative can have millions to do that, and it could take 12 to 18 months. That, believe it or not, I think, is going to be his first priority, not some flashy thing in the House of Commons. He's going to, he's, he knows that the plumbing in his party needs to be fixed. He's got a new leader, shiny new coat of paint, and not out of the stuff that really makes things work. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.